HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This program is brought to you by Chefs Collaborative, a nonprofit with a mission to inspire, educate, and celebrate chefs and food professionals building a better food system. Change menus, change lives. Learn more at chefscollaborative.org. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. We talk about food. We talk about music. With musical dudes. Finger on the pulse. Snacky tunes. I know I said the time. 
Hello and welcome to Snacky Tunes. I'm one half your host, Darren Bresnitz, sitting here with Nick Adler, festival director of Arroyo Seco, co-founder of Eat Drink Vegan, and one of, if not the guy credited with changing the way we think about food at festivals. Welcome back to Snacky Tunes. It's one of my favorite places to be. Yeah, it's, uh, we'll call you Bud of the Tunes, real fr- real friend. Okay. Friend of the Tunes. Um, so let's start big picture. Mm-hmm. Royal Seco is happening next week. Yep. Uh, which is crazy. Thank you for making the time to talk with us with about a week out from the festival. Um, what is it, for those who don't know, big picture? Uh, Arroyo Seco weekend, and, and I think we deliberately didn't call it a festival. Mm. We didn't put music and arts. We didn't put food festival. We didn't, we didn't define it. I, I think the festival and how people interact with it mm-hmm. is how it's going to be defined. Interesting. And it also allows us um, to go in different directions. If drink just becomes this magic thing in our, our, our drink program with our biodynamic and natural wines and kombucha and craft beer, like if that takes off, then, then if we would have gone with music and arts festival, we would have kind of pigeonholed ourselves. And the same goes for food. The same could go for art. Um, you know, so I, I think it's more of an uh, overall experience of what's great in L.A., and, and at the same time as it's what's great in L.A., it's also about things that maybe we don't do so much mm. in L.A. Uh, Paul and I, who, who Paul Tillett, the um, founder of, of Coachella and, and also um, put this together with myself, we were in New York and we were at uh, Corona Park. What year is this? Uh, this was our, uh, about last, um, uh, mm, Maybe two years ago. Okay. And uh, we had gone at about 2 o'clock, and there was no one in the park. Mm-hmm. And we're walking around, and just so beautiful. And then as we're walking through the park, the park just came alive. Mm. And, and and it went from zero to every family, every age demo. Uh, some people had food. Some people were playing soccer. Some people were playing board games it just came alive and I, I we both kind of looked at each other and said you know LA doesn't really have like this park culture we yeah. have beach culture we have uh you know we can go to the mountains we can do these other things but we don't have this just take the family uh put the blanket down put some tunes on mm. um so we I think for many reasons we felt like there was an opportunity with Arroyo Seco weekend but but really the opportunity to just put the blanket down Listen to great music, enjoy food, and and also what we do with food all the time. We enjoy each other's company. Yeah. I mean, definitely sitting around a meal um, with the family is a memory that a lot of people cherish and things to look forward to, especially during the summer. Yes. Um, so how do you take – I mean, obviously, both you and Paul have full plates already. You guys do not need to add any more festivals. You do not need to add anything more to the schedule. Sound like my wife. <laughs> <laughs> but um, – you know, how do you take that idea of seeing the beauty of, like, New York park life and turn it into something that is this big? How do you, how, what are the steps? Uh, well, one, you, you, I think you have to see it. So yeah. I, think, I think you have to have this, this idea. And, and, and that needs to come from – I don't think Paul or I felt like we had this idea or there, a set of bands or a set of food or what this might be yeah. before we actually saw the location. So mm. um, we were we were tailgating at a UCLA football game, enjoying a beer, um, talking about all kinds of things, kind of looked up at the same time and realized that we were sitting on uh, an amazing festival site, which is the Brookside Golf Course, which it's is beautiful. just adjacent to um, the Rose Bowl. And... That's where everything starts in this situation. I think a lot there are festivals that you have a concept, you go look for a space. Sure. This actually started with the space, and that kind of dictated everything from there. So, you know, it it, it was what kind of food fits well with the space, what kind of music is going to work well in the Arroyo, who's going to come to this thing, who is that person that's going to put down that blanket, yeah. um, hang with their friends. So maybe we, we reverse engineered it based on location. Interesting. I mean, Pasadena, um, the city itself is playing a big role in mm-hmm. this festival, it is. especially family with itself. I know that you have... Um, 
a bunch of local partnerships. Again, Pasadena is a city that doesn't need to take anything else on. You know, they have the Rose Bowl. They have a ton of other things that go on there. So what's it been like working with the city and then some of the charities that you're working with to really make this, um, you know, a different type of event? Mm-hmm. Well, this this started, um, you know, I'll go back. We had this idea from the location and kind of these grand ideas started flowing mm-hmm. through our heads. But uh, we also were doing it in Pasadena. And so there was kind of a political, um, there was a kind of th- these different processes yeah. that we had to go through. And it wasn't just like, hey, we got a location, let's throw a festival. This was meet with every single homeowner association, meet with planning commission, do an EIR, which took two and a half years. Um, so Although we came in with a lot of our own ideas, many, many ideas that have actually come um, out of this festival are ideas that were shaped by the community. And so that was um, – and also realizing that there's, there's, there's some great high schools that are great but also that need a little help. Mm-hmm. And so one of the angles that we came into the city was if we're going to take and do our festival and do whatever we want here, we're also going to make sure that we're giving back as much as we can. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think that's how we started that idea. But what's happened is is that we've gotten so much from the community and so much from the schools. Uh, there's, there's a... Um, kind of a, a, a art collective called Side Street Projects, mm-hmm. and we are working with them, and they are going out to the different schools, John Muir High School, some of the art collectives that from, for the youth, and we've partnered with Vromans and this art collective to create little libraries, which is uh, go, at the festival. At the festival, which goes back to what is one of the you know important things that we got out of meetings with Pasadena was that there was this book culture and there was this literature culture, mm-hmm. and we're thinking like, okay, well, does this? How do you even integrate that into a music festival? Right. Uh, but we just the, in 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 communities around Southern California, you'll find these little birdhouse looking, uh, oh, yeah. take one, leave yep. one um, libraries, and so we got with the kids to build them. We got with Vromans, which is just a fixture in Pasadena to be the festival librarian, which is probably a word that's, those two words have never gone together. But Uh, I mean, that sounds like the coolest job in the world. Yeah. And all the books are about Pasadena, whether that's authors, whether it's about architecture, landscaping, sports, whatever it might be. So we were able to find different ways at this festival to integrate all the different parts of the city and festival together. I mean, it's really cool because sometimes you'll go to these music festivals and you'll see little kids there with the big headphones on to block out the noise and then either bored or just like looking at an iPhone. And it's cool to know that these kids are going to come here. They have books. It's sort of like an adventure. Like you're yeah, just, not only do they have yeah. books, uh, Kid Space, which is if you, if you are from Southern California or you've been here, you mm-hmm. know that this is one of the greatest things that you can do with your kid. Yeah. And this isn't a drop your kid off type of a space. This is get down on the ground, build something amazing, get into it um, kind of space. And we brought that with them into the festival. So um, there's six different things you could do at the kid space activation within the festival. So it, it's not a kid-friendly festival. It's, it's really a multi-generational festival. So it, as much as that, that 12-year-old's going to have a great time, I think that 50-year-old's going to have a great time as well. Absolutely. I mean, it's definitely unique. And you guys are putting your money where your mouth is because kids 10 under are free. Yes. Which is, you know, for a new festival to offer any sort of free ticket is... Uh, it's a big move. Yeah, I, I I do wake up in the middle of the night and 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 think how many kids are going to be there. You know, because yeah. there's just you don't there's not a ticket for them, so right. we don't know if every single ticket is going to come with a kid or if no kids are going to come. But there there are some little surprises um, that we're looking at doing in the festival that will make everyone feel like a kid. That's amazing. So things that are going to pop up that yes. are just little, some festival tricks. Yes. Well, not festival, some weekend tricks. Yes, exactly. So um, in getting all the permits, in working with Pasadena, in having the vision, finding the space, what is it like to launch a new you know, weekend festival mm-hmm. coming together in this day and age. What does it take to really get the word out? What does it take to really get people excited about it? Well, although we call it weekend, it is a it is a festival, yeah. and most festival drivers are, are going to be great bands. Yeah. So Paul went out and 
and with with the Arroyo in mind, with Pasadena in mind, yeah. what what does this lineup look like? And he really wanted to celebrate the artist, the musician, the instrument. So what you'll see on this lineup um, are a lot of players, yeah. and that's no disrespect to um, you know other genres of music because we have festivals that mm-hmm. really celebrate those other kinds of, of genres. But this was about. Um, John Mayall, The Meters, Tom Petty, mm. Alabama Shakes, Lettuce. You know, you start to see kind of a, a, a theme there of, of, of people that love to play yeah. and play their instrument. So th- I think that really gave Paul some inspiration in terms of booking it. A- another thing, you know, when you do create a festival from from scratch, which we don't get to do so much these yeah. days, is you can control pacing. Sure. And, and, and pacing will dictate how everyone kind of interacts with the festival. So if you slow the sets down and you don't overlap them too much and you have stages go down while other stages are on, it allows people to kind of enjoy a little, little more passive mm-hmm. in, a, in a kind of a passive sense where you put that blanket down, you get your picnic basket from, from Rory at Barrel and Ashes, you get a great cocktail uh, from Beer Belly and you sit with your friends and you can hear the music, but yeah. you can also have this conversation. And so, you know, a, a lot of our festivals start with how many bands we can put on a stage and yeah. run through this festival was looked at a little bit differently this was how many bands the right bands can we put to where people can still have time enjoying uh each other's company yeah i mean there is definitely a very big curation vibe to this whole approach um and we're going to take a quick break because we're going to talk about the picnic baskets and we're going to talk about the food and drink which i'm very very excited about because the lineup is equally as stellar as uh, the bands playing we have a track from the archives uh, on Snacky Tunes here on Heritage Radio Network.org.
Welcome back to Snacky Tunes. I'm one half your host, Aaron Bresnitz. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to the podcast, leave us a rating, help us spread the word. We are here with Nick Adler, festival director of Arroyo Seco Weekend, which is coming up just in one week, which is amazing. What does it feel to be a week out from, I mean, any festival? I mean, obviously this is the first year, so it's sort of like we don't know what's going to happen, but just sitting here going like, Okay, have all the boxes been checked? Do we know what we're getting into? Do we have everything ready to go? That feels a lot like that. Yeah. Uh, kind of checking in. The great thing about Golden Voice and our festival department is people really know what they're doing. Yeah. So um, I check on something and it's handled. Yeah. Um, but it's it's ideas. It's, it's uh, festivals. I love cooking. I think festivals are a lot like cooking. You know, yeah. uh, great Great dishes come with layers of flavors. Mm. It's not it's not just one thing. I mean, it, it can be, but with festivals, it's really about um, adding these really thin layers of whether that's culture, of experience, of taste, of sound, of visuals. Um, how does someone walk into the festival? What do they do in those first 10 steps? Which ways are they looking? Um, you know, there's... There, there is a lot that goes into these. This isn't just like, let's figure out where the fence line goes and kind of stick everything in the middle. Um, I personally walk through as much as I can of the festival in my mind and try to find spots that are going to give people moments. And, and you create enough of those moments, people walk away and say, that's something that I want to return to. And more importantly, it's something that they, they go and they feel like they need to tell their friends about. Yeah, I mean... This festival feels like there's a lot of shared moments, especially moments around food. Um, I first want to talk about these picnic baskets Mm -hmm. um, and about how they came about and what they are and who's creating them. Yeah, the the picnic basket program was developed by myself and Lizzie Stadler, who also does a lot of the food programs with me um, here at Golden Voice. And it was, you know, it goes back to it was staring at us in the face. There's this big shady oak tree. Mm. It's on this kind of elevated hump because it's on a golf course, but but it creates this really park-like feel, and you could just see it. Um, and then, you know, I remember, not that I've had 100 picnics in my life. I've probably had four or five legitimate picnics. Well, at least stand out in your mind. As but like... they are so clear to oh, me. Yeah. And... Everything about it, like laying down the blanket, trying to get the blanket right, putting the <laughs> box down, unboxing the food, uh, watching my you know kids play or my friends run around, you know. So that's what we were trying to recreate. Um, and what's you know fantastic about being in LA and and having kind of the the support of a festival is that then we can go and say, okay, we have a. W- Everybody can do a picnic basket. Mm-hmm. How do we take this thing to the next place? Um, that comes from being having access to amazing chefs yeah. uh, and, and the ability to source the right materials in the right box. And from the very beginning, we wanted this to be another kind of discovery moment. And, and almost like looked at it, how much time is someone going to spend with this box before they even put food in their mouth? Right. Like they get the box, the box has a certain feel and look to it. They're opening it up. There's all these different compartments. There's a little bag with sundries. There's some, some chili mangoes from moon juice. There's, there's uh, some chapstick. There's a Turkish towel that you unroll and it's not for you to sit on. It's for you to put your food on, Yeah. you know? So there, there was a lot of kind of thought into this of how how long can we stretch this experience before yeah. people actually put the food in their mouth and then when it came to to that it was you know uh, Walter Mansky, um, Rory from Barrel and Ashes, uh, Jason from 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 uh, the Rose Cafe, uh, Tall from Crossroads. You know all these chefs that that are great in the restaurant. But how do we take that and and get them to split that up into little gems? Um, so it was a really exciting program to to put together. And it's also just such a. Like, it's so cool to walk into the festival and have this giant basket. It's yes. just like, come hang out with me. Like, I got, I have provisions. Right, have, they're not for, yeah. it's not for one person. It's no. for It's for two people. And, and, and so that starts this, you know, kind of you, two people turns into four. Someone else wants to bring in some, some drinks. So, so there's a really kind of community vibe in, in just these little kind of 
you know, just two or three or four people are going to make up uh, a little pocket of the festival. Yeah. Now, in talking about the curation of the chefs mm-hmm. for this, uh, I know that last time when we spoke, um, you know, Coachella had been going on and you had the spicy pie guy. You had just those very standard food booths that you see at every festival. Mm-hmm. But when starting this from scratch, what is the approach? Because you can you can do whatever you want. And I have to say what I loved is that in the press release, the bands are listed after the mm. restaurants and the chefs, which you would, I mean, a couple of years ago would yeah. never happen. You yeah. would never be like, oh, spicy, ca- spicy pie guy is going to be there. Roasted corn guy is yeah. going to be there. Like giant quesadilla guy is going to be there. But it's like you have, and you have amazing names, you know, Bruce Kalman, uh, Fritzy Coop, uh, Genghis Cohen, Kettle Black, you know, Ray Garcia, like you have heavy hitters there from the LA scene. Yeah. So how do you approach that? What do you do for a weekend like this? This this was about celebrating LA. Yeah. So that's that's as Coachella, we've been doing a better job of 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 reaching out, going going kind of national with mm-hmm. our program. Um, so this this was more about, and this is year one. So. When you do a festival in year one, you, you do look forward and kind of find a, a direction. Like, where is this going to be in yeah. four or five years? And we felt like we had an opportunity to celebrate uh, restaurants and, and, and chefs uh, that, that are from L.A. and doing things in L.A. So that, that's, that kind of is where we started. Um, and then, um, you know, it, it comes down to relationships because you can call – um, 10 restaurants, cold call them, and you'll probably end up with one chef. Yeah, yeah. Or you can go to Friends, um, which which I've been extremely lucky to to develop relationships with, with a lot of these guys and girls, um, and and ask them, you know, do you want to be part of this? And and also, uh, did did they did they get to experience Desert Trip? Did they get to experience sure. Coachella? Did they come to Eat Drink Vegan? Did they do FYF? You know, so now we have all these kind of places to fit in all these different kinds of chefs and show them that they're not going to be on an island, that they're not going to be by themselves. They're going to be heavily right. supported. Um, it makes it a lot easier with the ask. Um, so and those are a lot of learnings that you had from the first time you did this at Coachella, right? Yeah, and which which uh, I still haven't got um, Crossroads to come back. I still haven't got Night 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 Market to come back yeah. um, because of of the really rough experience that they had in year one. Um, but we've we've learned. Lizzie and I have yeah. learned so much from them, and our our, our team is built out. And now um, you call a Jason Aroni, and before you know, I can even put my phone away. It's. 100% tell yeah. me when and where Ray Garcia tell me when and where and and so when you you have the confidence of of those guys um it's easy easier to go to someone like a Walter that you know I we've know. been trying to get Walter f- since day 1 um Thank goodness he didn't come out uh, in, in year one. But it, it helps that he can look around and say, oh, uh, Neil's going to do it. Rory's doing it. Yeah. Uh, Jason's doing it. There, there's, you know, I can trust in this program. And then also that they can call their chef buddies and be like, we're going to have running water. We're going to have back of house. We're going to have full support. And, and, and yes, and not to say that those things aren't important, but most importantly... Yeah, we're going to have a good time. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have a good time. I mean, it's not going to be like a total slog. Yeah, they actually, they have a great time. I mean, I love watching um, these types of chefs at these types of events because they always have the biggest smiles. They're always having the best time because they're doing what they love, which is cooking, but then set in this incredible environment. Oh, they love to get out of, you know, they love to get out of the kitchen when, when it's done right. Yeah. They, they love to interact with, with their, with their fans or their customers, but, but they're just like us. They, they love a good drink and they love good food and they love good music. And this is right in everyone's backyard. And, and that was something that we stressed to all of them. This is not drive out, figure out how you drive somewhere. If you need yeah. a hotel room, how do you get your food there? What do you do with your staff? You put it in the back of the car yeah. and you, you get on downtown. the 134 yeah. and you, you get there. So um, great chef lineup, 
great band lined up. Any collaborations? Any any crossovers? Any bands loving food? Any mm. chefs uh, loving music that are going to happen? I don't know if we've gone into that, and I know there are some other festivals out there that do that really well. Yeah. That 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 pair that. I think um, it, I personally been very careful to keep it simple yeah. in year one and. And allow those things to happen organically. And that goes for the Little Libraries program or yeah. our art program or the way that we've done the layout. Let's see what works. Let's let's not overextend ourselves. Let's not overpromise. Um, that that's 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 really the focus in year one. And I think we'll we'll see things in places that we can really integrate people. So what are you most excited about? I'm really excited about um, what we're calling the Draftsman Project. Mm. And these are six craftsman-style houses that we've given over to, um, I would say, I don't want to say local, but local and regional breweries. So Mm -hmm. normally at at a Coachella, um, we have 70, 80, 90 breweries. At at Eat Drink Vegan, we have 90-plus breweries. This was about kind of going in the other direction how few breweries can we bring in and how deep can they go in their yeah. portfolio can we get the brewmaster out can we get the staff out can we get this kind of culture at each one of these houses that that the houses kind of represent the architectural style of Pasadena and then the, the flair and the energy that will be inside of them will be this brewery and it'll allow that brewery to go super deep in, in into what they do yeah. um, so it's, it's a little more of a celebration of six instead of celebration of just craft beer in general and yeah. throw a lot of things at you. So I, I'm, I'm personally really excited to see how that program takes shape. And who's coming out? Uh, we have Three Weavers. We have El Segundo. We have Craftsman, um, uh, Iron Triangle. Mm, and then I think you're stumping me on the on a couple. I think that's enough. I think that's a ton of beers. Uh, well, Nick, thank you so much. If people want to come... How do they get to go? Uh, com, And also, you know, if you can't make it and you're, you're not in Southern California, definitely follow follow along on the Instagram. Um, there should be some really good stuff, not only in the feed, but we're doing some something really different with stories this year, mm. uh, working on a, um, a documentary-style uh, uh, stories feed. So that should be fun to watch along. Instagram stories is a sleeper. Like, they are so... Awesome. They are. And They're uh, really awesome, I, and it's a great way to experience stuff that you can't make it to. I think we're, we're, we're taking a different angle on, on how people have used it in the past, so definitely watch along. Uh, and the Instagram handle is? Arroyo Seiko Weekend. Uh, weekend is no vowels. Perfect. Who needs vowels? Uh, well, thank you so much. Uh, we're going to take another quick musical break with a song from the Snacky Tunes archive, and then we have a live performance coming up next here on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. program is brought to you by Chefs Collaborative, a national nonprofit network with a mission to inspire, educate, and celebrate chefs and food professionals building a better food system.
Chefs Collaborative members work to make sustainable practices second nature for every chef in the United States. Chefs Collaborative was founded in 1993 by visionary chefs including Rick Bayless and Alice Waters, who acknowledged the influential role of food professionals on our food choices, our collective personal health, the vitality of cultures, and the integrity of the global environment. Chefs Collaborative believes that the greater culinary community can be a catalyst for positive change by expanding the market for good food and helping to preserve local farming and fishing communities. Change menus, change lives. Learn more about Chefs Collaborative at chefscollaborative.org. Welcome back. We have the undercover dream lovers live in studio. Welcome, guys. Thanks. Thanks for having us, man. Uh, thanks for letting me crawl over all your gear. Uh, and here, I mean, by count, I see like uh, like 2,023 pedals. Am I how, am I close? I think you're a little short. <laughs> yeah, okay. count, I would count again. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, we're going to take a quick pause. We're going to do this. Um, you want to go around the room and introduce yourselves? Sure. Um, my name is Matt Koenig, uh, and I uh, started the project, wrote a bunch of the, wrote the songs, and uh, play guitar and sing. I'm Galen. I just play guitar. Well, don't just play guitar. No, I, j- I just play guitar. Okay, just play guitar. just a guitar player. Okay, just a guitar player. <laughs> We've got just a keyboard player over here. Okay. Uh, yeah, my name's John Paul. Okay. Hey, and I'm uh, Shane. I play bass. Oh, okay. Um, I, it's always interesting to kind of hear the process of how something goes from like a solo bedroom-esque project uh, and how that kind of gets started and then how it evolves into having just a guitar player and just a key player and just a bass player <laughs> added in but like uh, what was the kind of process of, of evolving this from, from one man to multiple men? It's been pretty fast paced um, the project like I was away from music for a few years and finally got to like recording five songs I spontaneously like threw it together in like a two week period and um and kind of getting the guys together was really fast too uh, we had a show booked at Babies Alright and like just spread the word and we're like let's find a drummer let's find a keyboard player let's find a guitar player And when you say let's is that like the royal we? <laughs> oh um, well I guess I always speak in we oh, okay. personally I have a tendency to be like we should do this and I mean like can you do this for me? <laughs> so I have this I have a tendency to use that okay that I just want to clarify yeah okay cool um, right, but uh, I've actually got two guys. This is actually a six-piece for the live show, and I have two drummers, too. Uh, an electronic drummer and an acoustic drummer, but they are absent because of previous engagements, so we put a robot to work tonight. That's fine. Yeah. yeah we have a lot of robots on this show. Yeah. Um, so, like, you know, how does... I mean, what are you essentially looking for when you're um, when it goes from royal we to collective we? Right, so when I do it in my room, uh, when I started everything, it was mostly me just wanting to get something that I could take it from Royal Wii to Collective Wii. I like, just wanted to be out playing, but I had no material, and I just decided I needed to, um, to make something. So I did it really fast, and I didn't like think, oh, this is going to be good for this guy to play or that guy to play. I just knew I needed to put some songs together so I could get out there and like, be doing it in person. So I was like, what's the fastest way? I just throw all these ideas at the wall throw all of these um, songs on the table and then everyone here is so talented they just came in uh, the parts were already done so they're like sick this is easy we can just we can just play this and, and when the parts being done I mean obviously you know since you're playing everything on the EP when, when you bring in other people is there room for interpretation or is it just like a straightforward like this is how I wrote it please play oh like no this. definitely like I always encourage people to come in and bring their take, their take and touch some guys like to stick to it but I'm like Let's uh, let's let's make this different too. Um, I didn't like initially have like the grand vision figured out starting the uh, the first EP, and I just wanted to get going and have fun and play. But now as like we've gotten through that, I've kind of realized that I can like be more um, controlling with that and have a, have more of a vision. And like maybe I'll tell some parts in mind, or maybe I'll work with them on new parts. But that would, this was pretty cut and dry. And like let's work with this basic idea maybe we change up some drum parts maybe we change up some key synth sounds I didn't actually have any of the keyboard parts like saved because I would work so fast I would work on one synth part and like not be sure if it was going to stay in the song so I just worked to the next one and we'd have to like recreate all those sounds anyway gotta get a good synth guy for that yeah that's true um, can, we hear a, can we hear a song? yeah definitely what's the, uh, what's the name of the first one? Uh, this first track's called The Master 
uh, and it's off the first EP while it's in style. I can't get over this amp that you guys brought. Like, please tell me. For, for those who can't see it because it's radio, it's a beautifully hand-painted amp with, like, a pyramid and a sunscape and, like, desert mountains. It just, it's one of the coolest amps I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, I bought the thing right before I went on a road trip and uh, stopped in Savannah uh, to see some friends. I went to SCAD and just had a bunch of weird art students go nuts on the thing. Because uh, it was just too plain before. That's just a guitar player. <laughs> just guitar. Uh, but, uh, oh, so it's like not like a custom amp company, it's just like a bunch of friends drawing on it? No, it's just a Vox AC15, pretty standard, pretty standard stuff. Yeah, it's pretty, uh, I mean, maybe give them a heads up that they could definitely like do something uh, with it. Um, well, I know you sent the, the call out... Um, the bands were like uh, how did you end up meeting each other like as you kind of like layer the personalities together like how did that all kind of come about through um my my best friend and manager um she really pushed me to 
to reach out to some guys who were doing music. Uh, I just started working uh, with these guys, Shane and Galen, um, and knew they had some projects going on on the side. And uh, she was like, you know, you got to get this rolling, just reach out to them even if they're just filling in. And, and then, like, we just started putting it together. It was working really well, and we just kept going with it. Uh, it's been, like, a blast ever since. So will this kind of change the future uh, way of, like, writing? Is it now a band? Is it still a, a solo project? Um, is it, I, I does it go back to the Royal Week? Yeah, it's still... So it's been back to the Royal Week because I have, like... Uh, <laughs> I have, um, I've been working on a lot of new tracks at my place, um, trying to figure out what I want to do next. Like I said, the first uh, five songs were, like, spontaneous, really uh, quick, like, just get something out there. Um, I'd rather... Uh, in the future, instead of just writing five songs and putting out five songs, write like ten or twenty songs and choose like what I think is the best and the most clear and cohesive and like conceptually together like a uh, full idea. So I'm like just writing as much as I can and uh, I think the guys have been in a few times to my place like helping out and it's uh, it's still brand new ideas but I think it's we just we play it by ear a lot I definitely do my paces go with the flow for sure mm. I like to uh, I like to bring in other people's inspiration and ideas and that's for me how I learn uh, everything that I've learned I'm super open eared I'm like a sponge so uh, yeah definitely going to have some influence from these guys down the line um, I know you mentioned babies but where are some of the other uh, favorite places to play around town um, well for me I'm like I'm with this project so new to it. We played at Bowery Electric and Transpicos and Babies, and that's really it for the project. Um, new, new. Yeah, super new. I wrote the songs in October. Um, we put the band together a month before the first show, and that was April 8th, uh, which is, like, not long ago at all. No, it's not. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a very short time yeah. window. So we're, like, kind of living this in... Uh, there's not even like that much time to ask that many questions. No, or, yeah, it's it's so. Do you, do you, do you f have you had any experience yet that will like eventually go on to become like band lore? So when you do radio, like two years down the line, like oh, early days, we had this crazy <laughs> thing happen to us, or is it still too new? Well, I mean, I don't know. All of our practices are pretty like. So I didn't have a space, and Shane has a has a space, and we use that, and we have so much gear as you can see, like stumbling, yeah. stumbling over it. Um, <laughs> The thing is, a lot of the guys didn't know each other, and we pulled them together, and had I had a space that we just showed up, we, like, probably wouldn't have, like, gotten to know each other as well if we didn't have to, like, lug all of my amps and gear down four flights of stairs for, like, every single practice. Like, set up was, like, as much, if not more, time than practicing for us. Um, so that's definitely going to be remembered until I get a space. Okay. Um, um, can we hear another song? Yeah, totally. What are you going to play for us? Um, so this next track isn't out yet, and it's one that I will probably be coming out next um, it's all recorded and stuff but I'm working on some mixing and uh, it's called uh, All You Need
really like the name of the band. Where did it come from? Oh, yeah. Uh, so, I, like, was out of town for, like, three months uh, around Thanksgiving, staying with uh, my folks. And I was... Songs were done. I had just written them. I knew I wanted to come back and get playing. But hardest part, I still did not have the band name. And I was, like, thinking of everything, writing... Before I left, writing so many names down on my phone, and, uh, like, nothing was sticking. And uh, it was, like, a really late night, um, and my mom always has this... Uh, she's got, like, all these weird teas, and she <laughs> she has this valerian root tea, and I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but it's, like, it knocks you out, and before it knocks you out, you kind of, like, get really loopy, and if you're not tired, you get in this weird, disoriented headspace, like, uh, kind of like a lucid dream. And... Uh, so I had some Valerian routine, the uh, weird headspace, and I was just thinking of names still. And I had like pillow over my face and like just thinking, thinking, and undercover dream lovers popped into my head. And it was one of those moments where I'm like, I should write this down uh, right now. <laughs> and I almost didn't because I was so tired. I'm like, just do it. Um, so luckily, I got myself up and like just wrote it on my phone. And next day was like, this is sick, this flows. I just really liked it so yeah it's really I mean it, it rhymes and it just sounds so so nice I, I feel like there could be just a good piece on just like how bands got their names but yeah. uh, I've not heard the Valerian Root T yeah. uh, method <laughs> yet <laughs> it's very one of a kind uh, yeah um, so I know that you're you're working on the next um, kind of uh, batch of songs, but uh, any uh, tours? What, what's coming up this summer? Um, we want to play. In, uh, we have some things set up in Philly, and we're working on some DC. We just want to hit up like the local uh, cities and towns nearby while we're still like creating the initial like uh, vibe and still figuring out what it is. Um, but no like set path. We will be in Philly. Um, I believe it's July eighth. And that's at um, what's the name of the place? Kung Fu. Nick. No, we're not. We're not Kung Fu next day. We are playing. No. Is there, uh, <laughs> bourbon, bourbon and branch. That's no? it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Ripker gives a thumbs up. Yeah. That's my manager behind the screen. Like, yeah, yeah that's yeah. the one. We have like a really organized email thread. But my memory sucks. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we want to make sure we have time for one more song. But um, where can people get the EP? Where can they? Yeah, you um, can kind of get all the uh, information. The internet. <laughs> but, uh, it's a no. wide place. <laughs> Narrow it down. Uh, SoundCloud. Uh, we'll definitely get you some of the songs downloaded on Bandcamp. Uh, we have a website, BandCoverDreamLovers.com. And, uh, yeah, you can check us out there. Lots of cool photos, like, all that stuff, um, which we've done all ourselves, which is really DIY to the max. We've, like, put everything together ourselves. So go check it out. Hopefully you guys like it. Awesome. Um, Big shout-out to Remy, who put me in touch with you guys. Really appreciate it. Um, Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Thanks for coming on the show, Uh, The Collective We. Um, And uh, we will be back next week with another episode of Snacky Tunes. What's the name of the, the last song? Uh, this one's lovely too. Okay, thanks for listening.
talk about food. We talk about music with musical dudes. Finger on the pulse, snacky tunes. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.